Hello, catfish people. Welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. Hey guys, Dieter Melhorn here. Welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. Hope everybody's having a good day, whatever day it is you're listening to this uh, podcast. I'm uh, putting them up on Thursday. I've made Thursday my uh, published date for the podcast, and uh, that seems to be a pretty good day. It um, gives you a chance to go into the weekend listening to it if you listen to these things and consume them on the weekend. Uh, if not, you can get it downloaded and ready for your drive or whatever you got going on the uh, following week. Uh, trying to go over some, I don't know, what I consider interesting, talk-worthy things. Uh, as many of you know, i got a YouTube channel and I uh, do a lot of video content on there. And not everything lends itself to video. So, uh, especially when you want to talk and ramble and pause and don't have B-roll to cover everything up with. But the podcast gives me a chance to get into some topics, talk about them, uh, get an opinion out there, uh, some ideas for thought and to ponder and to chew on and kick around and all that kind of stuff. And so far, it's been pretty cool. It's also a good way to help educate people. Uh, some of the early ones, early ones we did were uh, just on the basics of catching catfish. And, uh, you know, we did one on pro staff, uh, which is kind of into a smaller group of people that listen to that. But still, it's interesting nonetheless. And our last one that we did was on pay lakes, uh, which in the catfish carp world is a uh, interesting uh Interesting topic, to say the least. So you'll have to go back and listen to that one. And uh, uh, today, somewhat controversial interest split kind of thing. It's it's kind of on the edge. And uh, part of it's on the edge because I raised this question. And that is, uh, are catfish tournaments killing our sport? You don't hear nobody ask that too often, do you? Well, uh I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts uh, and get your feedback on it. Uh, you can always leave the feedback over on Dieter Melhorn Fishing on Facebook because uh, I always put a link to these uh, podcasts on there. But uh, yeah, is it uh, is it killing our sport? And I raised that question. Uh, I was actually going to do a different podcast, and something got started today online. Somebody was asking something about something on catfish boats and I made the comment that I made before that anytime you take a metal john boat and put cat in front of it uh, the price goes up thirty thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars or whatever and uh, it got a uh, good little chat and discussion going and it got me thinking and what I mean by that is is that you take a boat whatever the brand may be Bob's Boats and you put a cat in front of boat and Bob's cat boats and all of a sudden the price goes through the roof on it. Basically the same boat holds the same, but you start throwing a whole bunch of stuff on there to satisfy the catfish angler. Uh, what I mean by that is, well, if you're going to have a catfish boat, uh, you you'd expect that boat is ready to fish a tournament. Uh, now, granted, not everybody fishes tournaments, but if you're going to have a catfish boat, a cat boat needs to be ready to fish a tournament. Why else would you 
have one that's specialized. Uh, my point being is that to do that, well, you're going to need a big live well. Because a lot of these uh, tournaments require you to have five fish. We'll get into that in a minute, but you got to have a big live well. Big live well takes up more space, costs more money. You know, if you're going to compete in a tournament, you uh, got to go fast. I mean, we all know that. Look no further than bass fishing. If you're going to compete as a bass fisherman, you got to go fast. Plain and simple. He who goes the slowest loses every tournament. Any of you fish on the lake know? You see boats zipping up and down through their bass boats? Faster guy always wins. I'm saying that jokingly, but you get my point. You know what it's like in that bass fishing world. Uh, they put the biggest motor that they can possibly put on there that is allowed by the tournament series, which I think is, what, 250 horsepower in the bass fishing world? Uh, bigger, the better. And then, well, you need some electronics because we all know that you can't catch and win a tournament without a $3,000 sonar unit on it. And you'll need a trolling motor. Preferably one that's auto-deployed because who's got time to go up there and put the trolling motor in when you're trying to win a tournament? Every second is important. A lot of this stuff I say jokingly, but I think you get my point. Is that all of a sudden to have a tournament-ready catfish boat. Tournament-ready. You, you, you've got... $20,000 worth of stuff that you got to add on to it. That's if you want to compete. Now listen, I'm not saying you can't go out there with your 14-foot whatever brand John boat with your tiller stair 40 horsepower on there and go catch some catfish. Heck, you can probably win a catfish tournament in that boat. As a matter of fact, I've seen some boys do it down on Lake Watery. Little bitty boat. You could... Hold both sides of it sitting in the middle. Little bitty thing. They won tournaments. Okay. Now. You can't run far. You better hope the weather doesn't get bad. And you better hope that you're fishing on a lake that doesn't have super big fish. Because or a high tournament limit with five fish. We'll get to that in a minute. Because you ain't going to be able to fit them in your uh, Coleman cooler that you got on there for live well. So, my point being, you can win tournaments in less boats, but let's face it, guys. Look at the local tournaments now. Look at your local tournaments. Look at your national catfish tournaments, okay? Every guy rolling in there has got a lot of money tied up in the boat. A lot of money. That alone drives the entry-level guy the price it takes to compete through the roof. Uh, it, it, it makes it a lot, it's cost prohibitive is what it comes down to. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't feel their boat is good enough or well equipped to compete and therefore they don't fish. Uh, they don't fish the tournaments. Now granted, not everybody's got to fish a tournament. It's not for everybody, I know that. It's freedom of choice, you can do what you want to. But it goes back to my original question. Are tournaments killing our sport? Is that keeping people from getting deeper into the sport? 
getting more married to it, uh, more in love with it, more endeared to it. Not trying to romanticize this too much, but we all know the extreme affection that people carry for bass fishing. Uh, a lot of people are into it. And why is that? You know, I don't have an answer to that. I'm not sure what the exact reason is. I think because it's popular. I think because it's what you see on TV. Uh, it is, I think, television popularized bass fishing. I think that's where, where the appeal comes. Uh, not really sure. Uh, you know, I, I fish for bass. I'm not crazy about it, but I think that's where the popularity came from. I bring up bass fishing because the bass world uh, is really where I think a lot of the tournaments for the common man started. Um, I guess it was in the 60s, I believe, when they got their national series together and you know, they went through their growing pains, they evolved, but now uh, that is the, if it's a target for anybody that wants to make a living as a tournament fisherman, that's where it's going to be done at, plain and simple. There is no other uh, professional fishing occupation as far as tournaments go, as far as competing to make your living in the fishing world. Bass fishing is the only way that you can do it. Cannot do it in a catfish world. I don't care how good you think you are, how many big fish you catch, or how many tournament wins. Uh, unless you're living in a hovel or underneath the bridge somewhere where you park your boat, you can't make a living tournament fishing. Just not going to happen. And that's okay. Uh, same thing in the crappie fishing world or the walleye world. Uh, about the closest you can get to making a significant amount of money is the offshore world, some of the kingfish stuff. Uh, maybe some of the redfish, but even that, uh, the winnings aren't significant enough to, you know, call it a job. Most of those guys are guides or doing something else. So, uh, but anyway, I, I, the whole point of the tournament thing in, in the catfish tournament world is, are we keeping people out of it? Are we keeping people or pushing people in another direction? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I do know that the tournaments have grown in size tremendously. And I've seen that in the past, really honestly, five to ten years. Some of these tournament series have gotten huge. Uh, our local series here in the Carolinas on the Catawba River chain of lakes, and this is a, a narrow window that they cover, uh, it's it's probably, I don't know, 80 miles from the lower dam to the upper dam on the three lakes that you're able to fish. They have these tournaments on three different lakes, Lake Wiley, Fishing Creek Reservoir, and Watery. Rotate them around. I think it's an eight, seven-month series, seven something like that. Uh, started out as a different series years ago. We'd get you know, 10, 12, 13, 14, maybe 18 people, 18 boats show up for one of these tournaments. And this is the Southeastern Catfish Club, by the way. Uh, check them out. My opinion, the best catfish tournament series in the country. And uh, I'll put them up against anybody else. Uh, put them up against the uh, Cabela's King Cat series. I'll put them up against uh, anybody out there. They do one heck of a series. What they put together... Uh, is pretty amazing. But my point being is that they're getting a lot of boats showing up for these things. Uh, 
like I said, it was 18, 19, 20 boats when I was fishing them back in the day. I remember we went to one, and there were like 30 boats. We're like, man, this is unreal. This is unbelievable. I think one of the last ones, last two tournaments they had this year, I want to say it was close to 70 boats. I know it was 50 boats. I'm sure it was 60. I think they might have been at 70. Uh, go to their website or go to Facebook page, Southeastern Catfish Club. You can look and see how many boats they had. Amazing turnout. Amazing turnout. Uh, and there's a lot of tournaments, uh, The you know, the, especially some of these one-off tournaments, uh, like the uh, Winter Blues Tournament. Uh, the, some of the monster cat quest tournaments, the one the big one that's down on Santee, uh, the, uh, ice bowl up in Virginia, they're getting a hundred plus boats, 150, some of them 170, 180 boats, massive amounts, amount of anglers turning out for these things. Now, if you're a tournament director, it's the greatest thing in the world. Uh, you know, you can command a lot more money from your sponsors when you've got that many people showing up. Uh, you get a lot more from the community uh, as far as accommodations, I should say, for, you know, having the tournament there. So it's, it's you know, it's great there. Uh, it's great if you're an angler and you win. You win a lot of money. Uh, a lot more money going into the pot when you have that many people showing up. So in that aspect, it's really great. Plus, you know, it 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 looks impressive. Uh, it makes people want to fish them. Uh, you know, it, it, you want to, you know, a positive is you want to, a lot of people want to be a part of that. That's part of the reason, quite honestly, it's part of the, really the only reason I go fish any tournaments anymore is because it's just kind of the going to see people be a part of the spectacle, uh, you know, the the circus, everything going on. That's half the fun uh, of doing them. Uh, some of the anticipation, uh, not as much as it used to be. used to be a lot more of that. used to look forward to it a lot more. Uh, not so much anymore. But, yeah, these big tournaments are, 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 you know, they've got a lot of impact. Now, with that, and all those people, all those people paying to compete, and all that money, man, them first first place, you see the checks, man. That's a that's a thing they always show there on their website and on Facebook and they show them getting that big check, you know. Yeah, we paid out five thousand dollars. Or we paid out ten thousand dollars. Or the one I really hate is when they uh we got a twenty five thousand dollar payout. Well, or $25,000 in cash and prizes, and it turns out to be $3,000 in cash, and then they give away some boat that nobody wants that's valued at, you know, $22,000. But I digress. We'll get back to that in a minute. Uh, the uh, It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and a lot of people competing. And that gets back to people doing, they want an advantage. They want a little something. Uh, they want something a little bit more than the next guy. Or they want something at least as good as the next guy. And that's what leads to that vicious circle of bigger boats, faster boats, uh, getting there first, uh, that whole world. And, again, 
that drives a separation between the haves and the have-nots, and that can have a negative impact. Uh, that's where I'm worried that as this stuff grows, it will have a negative impact on our fundamental, lower-level, uh, entry-level, beginning fishermen, our beginning anglers. Let's face it. They say there are 8 million, 8 to 10 million people in America that identify as a catfish angler. That's a lot of people, okay? I don't want to count every one of them. But that's on every level. That's from, I last time I went fishing, I caught a catfish to uh, some guy that's, you know, fishing, you know, 10, 11 tournaments in a tournament series every year. So somewhere in there is a whole lot of people. The vast majority of them, I would say 99% of them, are never going to fish a tournament. Uh never going to enter a tournament. But I think my point here is, is that for the folks that are curious, the folks that may want to go to the next level or be considering, I want to fish for catfish, I want to fish for striper, I'd like to compete, that would be fun. The rising costs to play the game, I'm curious if that is, is keeping people out of it. Now, yeah, she said, well, what are you going to do to fix this? Man, we like winning all that money. That's cool. That's cool. I right, listen, if you're going to fish, you know, that's cool. Uh, you know, we, 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 we like that money. That, that, that money's, that, and let's face it, it's a reason people fish tournaments for really two reasons. One, they just want to see how good they are and where they stack up. Two, they want to win money. That's really the only two reasons that people fish tournaments. Because let's face it, if you just want to go out and fish and have fun, you can go out there and just go fish and have fun and not have a tournament. You've seen me do it before, folks. If you watch any of my videos, I went out fishing on the same day they had a tournament. I didn't feel like fishing the tournament because I didn't want to be there at 6 a.m. and didn't want to fish until 3. But I went out and said, you know what, I'm going to pretend I'm fishing. I'm going to fish kind of the same hours on the same lake and just see how I do. Sadly, I lose those tournaments too, but... My point being is that you can have fun fishing without having to be in a tournament. But for some people, they want to do that. Uh, they find that being uh, a motivation, and it can be a motivation. Uh, I think tournament fishing helped me learn uh, really waters, learn different techniques, try different techniques, different baits, practice different things, ask questions. Uh, get answers or try to figure out what the answer was. I think it was good in that sense. Uh, a lot of what I know now I learned because I tournament fished, because I spent time on the water between tournaments trying to get better. And if that is a positive impact of fishing tournaments, of tournament fishing, uh, then, you know, that that's a good thing and we need more people fishing tournaments. It's, you don't have to, fish a tournament to learn more, but everybody knows that when there's a competition going on, uh, and, and guys probably know this more than, get it more than women, because guys are just more competitive by nature, it seems, uh, bullheaded, stupid, whatever you want to call it, we want to be the best, uh, we want to win, uh, we, we want to beat the next guy, and, um, it, it, it makes you learn. It makes you try stuff, especially if you really, really are competitive. You're going to try 
different baits, different techniques, look at what the other guy's doing, trying to learn from it, try to get better. And my whole point is, is that are we keeping people out of tournament fishing because of this rising elevated cost? Does that cost need to be brought down? Do tournaments need to do something to lower the cost to pay to play the game? Or is the market pretty much dictating what that price is and what's acceptable? Uh, I think right now, honestly, I think it is. I think that's the answer is the market's kind of set. When you've got 70, 80, 90, 150, 180 boats showing up for a tournament, paying the entry fee and going about it, I think uh, I think the market's pretty much saying that we're okay with that. We ain't got no problem with that. We ain't got no problem with having to have a $50,000 boat and have a uh, you know a $200 entry fee, $250 entry fee. I think the market's determining that. Now, the downside is is that we're losing some of our touch with the well where we came from. I guess is the best way to go about it. I work in NASCAR. I do a lot of stuff in the NASCAR world. And uh, if any of y'all know anything about NASCAR, have followed it, uh, especially kept up with it for a long time, uh, you'll know that it has seen a big decline in the past. 10 years, 15 years. Now, this can be really attributed to a lot of factors. Uh, you know, television, uh, content, how we consume content, uh, you know, changing landscape. But a big part that you hear from a lot of people is I don't like it anymore because they don't do it the way they used to. And uh, if you've been around the sport for a while, you know that a lot of money came into it. Uh, a lot of money came into it in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, mid-90s. Big, big money, major money. Changed the game, changed the landscape. Uh, changed the uh, the price to play, the uh, cost of entry, and uh, it, it, it changed it. And it had that in one way, shape, or form impacted who participated in it and who enjoyed being around it. I know that's a long way to get back to uh, with all this change and with all this evolution and with all this rising cost, uh, we're going to lose some people along the way. Uh, everybody that was coming with us ain't going to be leaving with us is what it comes down to. Uh, there's going to be uh, some people that just won't get to experience a high-level tournament competitively. Uh, just because the cost is getting higher and higher and higher. Look at the bass fishing world. Um, to fish in the elite series, elite level. Now, this is before the major league fishing deal. Uh, this was when Kevin Van Dam and Mike Iaconelli and all still fish BSS. It cost around $100,000 a year to fish their tournaments. That's between the $5,000 tournament entry fee, travel, gas, lodging. The general consensus was you had to make or you had to spend, depending on how you lived and what I mean by that, who you were rooming with and how cheap of a motel you would stay in, uh, you had to spend between eighty dollars and $100,000 a year just to, just to play the game. After that, if you wanted to pay the power bill next month, 
you had to cash a check at the next tournament. So uh, that game went up a lot. A lot of people didn't get to play the game. A lot of people didn't have a shot to play the game. And that may be what we're looking at in the near future. Now, listen, I don't think in my lifetime we're going to see anybody making a living fishing catfish tournaments. I'll just go out and say that right now. I don't think we have the dynamics to do that. I don't think it has the appeal. The appeal uh, and I don't see it having really the marketability to do that. I think we've got a lot of image stuff to overcome to be able to do that. That's a topic for another show. Uh, but uh, I don't ever see anybody making a living like you do in the bass fishing world. But there's a lot of room for a lot of cool tournaments, uh, a lot of exposure for advertisers that is out there. And... Back to my point of, I just think it, it, with the way things are evolving, a lot of people are not going to have that opportunity to compete. You may have the chance to enter, but I think to be competitive and have a chance at winning and competing in a series, winning a point series, it's getting more and more expensive and more and more cost prohibitive to play the game. So the bottom line, do I think that tournaments are killing our sport? No, I really don't, but I think they're changing it. I think they're changing the landscape of catfishing at the highest level. I think at the lowest level, it's going to stay the same. Uh, it, it's, it's a kid with a bucket of worms, uh, some catawba worms uh, that catches some brim that puts a hook in the water hooks into a monster fish, it breaks him off, and he goes back bigger and better next time, and he's going to catch that sucker. I think that level of fisherman is still going to be there. The guy who goes out and sits on the bank, goes out in this john boat, catches some fish, tosses them in the cooler, and goes home and cooks them, has a little fish fry with the family. That world's not changing. That's still going to be there. But what is going to change, I think, is the upper end of it. And uh, its uh, I don't think it's necessarily going to be bad, but it's going to change and it's going to evolve. And there's going to be a lot of people that are not going to be as interested in it as there once was. Similar to my NASCAR analogy uh, in that uh, some of your old-timers that fish tournaments for a different set of reasons are not going to be as interested uh, in fishing it in the future. Now, what's that group, what's the new group going to be? I don't know. I don't know. I just think there's going to be an evolution that's taking place. Uh, and I've seen that to a certain extent. I've seen that to a certain extent at uh, some of the local tournaments. Uh, I've seen that evolution take place. Uh, you got to remember when I started fishing these tournaments, it was guys in John boats, tiller steer John boats, and beat up junk pontoon boats. Those were the guys that were fishing against. I fished out of a pontoon to begin with. And that was pretty much it. There may have been, you know, a couple guys that had, you know, or modified bass boats. That was the other thing. Modified bass boats. I remember bass, guy, bass fishermen that had the screw-on rod holders they put on the side of them. 
And I, I've told the story many times that the first time I showed up, I bought me a used boat, a 1979 McKeecraft fiberglass boat with a 200 horsepower V6 Mercury on it. Just an old oil burning monster. I remember the guy, I told I talked to a mechanic. I said, man, that thing's burning oil. I said, it smokes when it runs. He goes, that's perfect. He said, when it quits smoking, you're in trouble. But I had this fiberglass. I showed up at a tournament. I was the rich boy because I had a fiberglass boat. Now, granted, it was 30 years old, but I was the rich boy because I had a fiberglass boat. My whole point in telling this story is that now you show up at these tournaments, it's a totally different crowd. We've got guys that are fishing out of forty, fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 boats. They got wraps on these boats. Looks like bass fishermen out there. Looks like you're offshore guys. They've got jerseys. Uh, you know, they, they got the jerseys that look like the bass fishermen, the bass tournament anglers. And, you know, they're not pulling them around in beat-up trucks that are barely running. You know, they're pulling them around in, you know, new three-year-old, two-year-old, one-year-old quad cab, four-wheel drive, F-250s. 2500 series Chevys there there's money in it is what I'm getting at folks there's money in it and uh, that's the changing landscape and I hope that I think that my takeaway out of all this is that I hope that the money the influx of money into the sport does not kill it for the common man for the common man that's dreaming of going out there and fishing a tournament and you know being the being the hero for a day i hope the high cost uh you know to to compete i see the competition and people talking about how fast they can get up the lake you know it, it sounds like bass fishing guys i mean it's changed to that point now it's you know they're talking about my boats running 60 i remember when bass guys were talking about it. i can get my boat up to 60 back when i was a kid it's like wow bass boat you know, somebody got it up to 60. Now they run 70, 75 miles an hour. But it's that's the thing now. It's a, it's a money game. It's turning into a money game. Turning in who's got the most money to uh, go to fastest, have the biggest boat, have the most stuff on it. Uh, it's a changing landscape. I hope that doesn't. I hope that doesn't kill the the the, the part of the sport that I love and. That's kind of my whole point in bringing all this stuff up. Some stuff to think about out there. I don't know if there's any, necessarily, I don't know if there's a problem. And if there is a problem, I don't know if there's any way to fix it. What are we going to do? Put uh, engine limits on catfish boats? That would bring the cost down tremendously. Imagine that, 150 horsepower limit. You want to you wanna level the playing field? How about that? Uh, big game changer, big, big deal on lowering the cost there if you put a horsepower limit on the boats. Uh, I think it'd be a good thing. You'll never see it happen. Uh, it would be a definite way to uh, lower the cost, level the playing field, and uh, you know, keep things a, uh, a little more achievable, attainable uh, for those with lesser money, keep more people in the game, in the hustle. Uh, maybe the best fishermen might be in there then. 
That may be what people don't want, but maybe the best fisherman can get in and fish in because he doesn't have to worry about having a 250-horsepower boat uh, to be able to get to that one sweet spot or that one sweet area first. So, uh, you know. Oh, I meant to, uh, I told you I'd, I'd talk about it later. This is a little bit of a rant, but it's right in the tournament world. Uh, those big live wheels. We've got them big live wheels for, for a reason. Because a lot of these tournaments have a lot of fish limits, as I call them. What's the limit? A lot of fish. Uh, I've said before that the many of the uh, catfish tournament rules came from somebody that picked up a bass fishing, a set of rules from a bass fishing tournament, scratched out bass, wrote in catfish, and said these are going to be our rules. One of them is five fish limit. One of them that I've seen, I've seen on many tournaments, and this a sidestep here, but you got to hear this just. To, this proves my point that they basically copied the bass fishing format. I've seen many tournaments where it says no fishing within 50 yards of a gas pump or 50 feet of a gas pump. That's right, 50 feet of a gas pump. Now you ask yourself, why can't I go fishing within 50 feet of a gas pump? Well, where that rule came from, bass fishing rule. Because these guys would go around these marinas, fishing these docks around marinas, and they would chunk them lures up underneath those docks, hook in the gas lines, snag gas lines, put a hole in them. That's uh, back when they had the, the, the rubber hoses running through there. That's where all that stems from. So anyway, that proves my point that that's where half these rules come from. But the biggest one's five-fish limit. Why in the world do we need a five-fish limit? Fishing for catfish. I mean, seriously, guys. Y'all copied that straight from the bass fishing playbook. There's no reason in the world. We're, we, listen, one of our fish in most tournaments is going to be bigger than the entire stringer in a bass tournament. One catfish is going to be bigger than a five-fish stringer in a bass tournament. Lower the limit, guys. Plain and simple. There's no reason to bring in five fish. People are going to make an argument that, well, it takes more ability to catch five good fish. Well, okay, well, then why not 10 fish? Why not 20? If it takes more ability to catch five good, then why isn't it six? Then why isn't it four? My point is, lower the limits. One, it's better for the fish, plain and simple. That's the most important thing. Better for the fish. Better off having two fish in a live well than you are five. A lot easier to keep them alive. People have enough problems now. They struggle with keeping fish alive because they try doing a bunch of oxygenated crap and additives and ice and all this stuff, which I can get into in another podcast. But they have enough problem keeping, you know, fish alive. Let's not add a bunch more to the mix. Lower the limit, two fish. That's what I say. Lower the limit, the two fish. Second thing it does is less fish, easier to keep alive. Other thing is it takes a lot less space. You don't have to have these enormous live wells on these boats. One of the things that all the boat manufacturers say jacks up the cost of the cat boat is live well. Got to put a big live well on there. Got to have oh yeah, got to have a 56, 70, 80 gallon live well on there. Oh yeah, got to have got to have a big motor to push all that. You can put all that water in there and all this fish, and, you know, that's 800 pounds. You got to have a bigger motor. 
Lower the limit, guys. Lower the limit, two fish. You can go with a 30-gallon live well on there. Divide it, you'll be set. It will save money. It'll save space in your boat. And it will make it better on the fish and a lot easier on guys wanting to get into tournament fishing. I told you I saved that rant for last because I've been ranting on that forever. It's been one of my big beasts with these tournaments that are, especially the guys that are doing tournaments that have never fished a tournament. Uh, the guys that, you know, are, are just doing it to make money that really know nothing about catfish and know nothing about catfish and don't understand the species, the biology, uh, the life of a catfish, and, and just they don't know anything about them. Two fish. Two fish, guys. Y'all don't need to be copying the bass rules. You don't need to be copying what you did at your uh, uh, local bass tournament or your crappie tournament. Catfish is a different animal. Guess what? They're bigger. They eat those other fish. Uh, and you can use them other fish for bait to catch them. Less fish in those live wells. It's going to save money. It's going to save space. It's going to lower the cost to play the game. That's my rant. Man, that was a bunch of stuff right there. We'll get into uh, that whole topic on a uh, another day. I will bring somebody in to argue with. Uh, I wanted to do this one myself. Because uh, I thought about bringing some other people in. Uh, but most of them were... Tied directly to the tournament world. Uh, and I just wanted to get all this stuff out there. Uh, and, and I had some people that were not really into tournaments, didn't really carry the way. So I just decided to do this rant on my own for uh, this podcast. Uh, give you something to think about. Give you something to talk about. And uh, we'll revisit the topic because uh, there's a lot going to be... Uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot changing in the tournament world, in the catfish, the catfish tournament world. Uh, we're going to see... Um, I think a lot of stuff going on over the next five years, especially with the tournaments that are going to be around and have the ability to stay. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. So I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, hopefully you got something you can take away from all this. Be sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast. And uh, I don't know how you came across this one or where you're listening to it at, but uh, if you ever forget where that's at, just go back to DieterMelhornFishing.com. There on my website front page, there's a link to the podcast, and uh, you can click on there and see the latest one. This is number eight, which is pretty cool, and uh, I'm going to keep doing them one a week, every Thursday. Give you guys something to listen to while you're at work. Uh, don't listen to it in church. Uh, listen to what the message is. That's more important. But uh, if your wife's watching a movie or something sitting in the living room, you can pop an earbud in and... Uh, uh, what you need to do is get you them wireless earbuds. That seems to be the thing. Uh, then they can't see that wire hanging down going to your phone. You can just uh, get you some of them wireless earbuds and put them in there and you'll be good to go. So Anyway, uh, I enjoyed it. Look forward to the next one and uh, we will catch you on the water. <laughs>